and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast, both on Spotify and on YouTube. We are here for our second game preview of the wildcard round. We had before the Vikings against the Giants. We now have our next game, the 49ers hosting the Seattle Seahawks, two long-standing NFC West rivals. And with me, I've got two returning guests. I've got both with me, first of all, in the red corner, I've got with me Paul Hope from 49ers Faithful UK. How are you? Feeling purdy good, Andy. So thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I think you're the only one in this room that's actually doing well with a third string quarterback. Um, so it's um I-, I wish we could say the same thing as you guys were. Um and then on the flip side, on the navy blue corner, we have our Seahawks fan, a returning guest, Javan. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I can't believe you I was I was hoping he was gonna say navy blue corner, so Andy got it right, thank God. <laughs> Well, this game is on the first, it's actually the first game on the NFL slate. So it's the, I believe it's 6pm or 9pm on Saturday for UK watchers. Um, so the Seahawks go into the game as the seventh seed after their final day win over the Rams, coinciding with the win for the Lions against the Packers. And then the 49ers go in as the third seed and for many people, including myself, as the NFC favourite. So we'll go to them first. We'll go to you, Paul. First of all, what's your take been on your season as a whole? I'm feeling rather smug because those people that know me, I'm very confident. I'm very positive. I'm always a glass half full kind of guy, Andy. And at the start of the season, I called a 13-4 and four record. Now, at one point, I was very nervous because we were 3-4 and four and it didn't look like my prediction was going to be right. Um, on the 49 and Faithful UK, we're known for making bold predictions and some people come after us. Now, you'll both chuckle, but if you go back and listen to the episode before the season starts, my good friend Lee Gowland, who's the president, he called for Brock Purdy to throw the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Now, at the time, we all laughed. We all thought it was a bit of banter, but the podcast is out there and it's been reminded this week that heading into the playoffs, Lee called Mr. Irrelevant to become Mr. Relevant. And the background on that, before I hand over, is Lee was out at the draft, as you well know, Andy. He announced the Sammy Womack pick. But we kind of forgot that Lee was there in Vegas when Brock Purdy was drafted. So Lee will be forever tied to that draft class. But, I mean, the season we've had, we've had the disappointing losses to the Bears, to the Falcons, the Broncos, um, my Seahawks friend in the bottom. I have no shame in telling you that the Seahawks have ruined many an NFL Sunday for me since I found <laughs> this wonderful spot in 2012. When Russell Wilson departed, I was as happy as anybody else. Um, but for me, the Seahawks have been a bit of a strange one this season. Obviously, we had the Trey Lance injury in game two, which dominated all of our thoughts. And then the Thursday night game, even though the score looked close, I think it wasn't as close as the score seemed. And obviously the Seahawks are kind of in a bit of a rebuild mode. But as a 49ers fan, to counteract my own optimism, we were sat here last year, we'd swept the Rams, we headed into the playoffs full of confidence, and obviously the Rams got the win when it mattered most. So I suppose Seahawks fans are probably clinging on to that. But I'm feeling very confident. I mean, our defence is the number one in the league. But since CMC came across and since Brock Purdy came along, the offence has been just as good in recent weeks, Andy. So I won't hog the limelight. I'm feeling very confident. I'm looking forward to seeing the number two seed in the NFC play at half past nine on Saturday evening. Although my good lady wasn't so happy that the game was on on Saturday. <laughs> I'll tell you that. 
Uh, Javan, I will go to you in a minute. I do apologise. They are the second seed, not the third seed. Um, going back to your point about the defence, um, the four turners are first in yards allowed per game and first when it comes to total points allowed per game. Their run defence is second. But the one thing that will give Seahawks fans hope is that they are 21st in pass defence, which is where I'm going to flip to Javan yourself. Um, does that give you... Obviously, you can see the run defence is pretty good, you know, but Obviously, the main strength really, because Kenneth Walker, you can see maybe judging by that, he could get, you know, um, taken out of the games, sort of completely just neutralised. But does that pass defence not being maybe the best in the league, does that give you hope that maybe Geno Smith and DK Metcalf could cause an upset? Does, of course. Um, my thing is just, I guess, will it, will, it, will it prove to be a decisive factor? Will we get to that point where it will be decided by that. I'm not too sure because I actually think the way how the game will go, I think like a lot of it will just go in the 49ers' favour in terms of the run game. And I just think for the 49ers, it's just all too simple for them. I think it's just if they, if their one game plan, which we all know, if it's used well, if it's used effectively, then... The passing game for us and their passing defense, I don't think they'll need to do too much. I think maybe in the important bursts, in the important moments, then I think they're capable of producing the 49ers defense when it comes to um, maybe stopping out a DK Metcalf receiving pass or I expect Geno Smith to probably throw an interception or two in this game. Um, so my thing is, of course, um, the way it does give us a window, but it's up to us to seize that window and seize that opportunity. It's actually funny you mention that because it's funny how much a difference a year makes. Because me and you, Javan, watched um, the 49ers play the Packers in the Hippodrome in London pretty much a year ago. It was a divisional round where it was the Packers who, you know, they were the favourites. They were seen as, you know, the 49ers are going to win. They have to be absolutely perfect and hope that the Packers can make a mistake. And it seems like this year, it's the other way around. It's the 49ers that are the favourites. They're the ones that are going into it who, you know, they have to really make mistakes for the other team to win. And I think that's how it's going to go. I mean, um, does again, does that give you hope, Javan, that, you know, we see it in the NFL playoffs time, anything is possible. Does that give you hope that you know if the Seahawks can on their because on their day they can be a threat? And do you think that if the 49ers have an off day, do you think you guys can maybe capitalize on that and potentially go and get the win? Whether it's through Kenneth Walker, whether it's through you know, as we saw with the 49ers game last year, special teams or defense, do you think that is where maybe the game could be won rather than on the offense? No, definitely. I think we'll I think for the 49ers to ha- the 49ers will have to have for me, a really, really subpar game, which the likelihood of that happening in the NFL, definitely anything can happen. We've seen that this year. But I think the likelihood of that, I wouldn't, if I'm a gambling man, which I'm not, um, I wouldn't bet on, I wouldn't bet on the 49ers just completely delivering a subpar performance. Even them being just a tiny bit, probably above average, can maybe do the job for them just with the body of work that they have. I think if you're a 49ers fan, you're more confident um, in trusting the body of work they've had over maybe like the last couple of years. Compared to ours, our situation's changed. There's, there's, I don't think over the span of maybe like uh, three, four years, I don't think it's changed that much for them. So 
um, I definitely think that for us to when we do it, we do definitely need to perform a perfect performance, and that's across all levels, offense, defense, special teams. Whereas the 49ers, I, I think the offense is just such a juggernaut right now. I think if the defense don't have the greatest of games, I think the offense just can carry them through. And they have the players with the skill set to produce in the big moments, I think. Yeah, and I think that does bring me on to my next point, is that we all know the playoffs is an entirely different, almost a different sport altogether than the regular season. And Rob Purdy came in as the Mr. Relevant third-choice callback, and we've seen different kinds of rookie of quarterbacks playing their first lot of playoffs. We saw on the one side, we saw last year Kyler Murray in his first experience really struggling. But on the flip side, we've seen Tom Brady in his first season get the Patriots all the way to win a Super Bowl. So, Paul, over to you. Um, Brock Purdy has been really good. He's been a real surprise to people. You know, when I watched him come in against ourselves when we played each other, I was thinking, oh, this game's won. You know, their third-choice quarterback, Mr. Redder, and he's not going to do anything. And since that point, he's really been pretty faultless. Do you think we'll see the Brock Purdy uh, play like Tom Brady in the playoffs in his first time doing it? Or do you think you could see him potentially, which could be the one downside in the 49ers season, is potentially someone, the rookie, maybe the occasion getting to them? I think to answer your question, you touched upon the game last year against the Packers, and you were right as a 49ers fan. I've seen that movie before, Aaron Rodgers, you know, being Aaron Rodgers. And you're right with the Seahawks looking at this. If the 49ers defense is subpar, then the offense is there. Now, a lot of people look at the quarterback position. It is the most important position in sports. And I did chuckle because against your Miami Dolphins, when Jimmy went down, um, we had a couple of people from the group at the game in Levi's and the group text was like, oh God, our season's done. Third choice quarterback coming in. And Brock Perth, He's just got better and better. Now, I'm not a massive college football fan. I'll be the first to admit that. But I've started playing flag football. And one of my good friends, he knows somebody who lives, breathes, dreams flag football. And he is a Patriots fan. And he said, when we drafted Brock Purdy, he said, this kid is good. You've got to give him a chance. But what the difference is, to answer your question, we don't need him to be Tom Brady. We don't need him to be Patrick Mahomes. What we need Brock Purdy to do, is follow the game plan that Kyle Shanahan has set out. And again, as a rookie, in a, in a rookie QB in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers tended to go to one target. But Brock Purdy, last few weeks, it's been George Kittle. When he first came in, it was CMC. He's also shown Brandon Ayuk the love. Juwan Jennings has been in there. Debo Samuel has come back healthy. And I'm smiling because, you're right, as a 49ers fan, you look at this offence and you think, how is Pete Carroll going to stop all of them? I mean... CMC is the ultimate safety valve for any QB in the NFL. And I'm not just talking his running game. He, 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 he was there for Jimmy. He's been there for Brock. There's been a few wobbles with Brock. The Raiders game, I actually quite enjoyed. And I thought it was quite good to see the 49ers struggle. Because if we'd come into the playoffs without any adversity, it might have been a little bit of a worry. Because I do respect the Seahawks as much as I joked and said they've ruined my NFL Sundays. They've been a great franchise. I'm a massive fan of what Pete Carroll has done. It's the biggest rivalry for me. Being an NFL fan since 2012, the Seahawks is my one game. I circle it on the calendar. Uh, my flag football team, there's two Seahawks fans. So the trash talk has already started in the group chat. But I don't think we need Brock Purdy to win the game. But if you look at his stats, Andy, if you look at his game tape, he is getting better. He's, he's making the right decisions. Some of the throws he made against the Cardinals, 
he did look like a veteran. He was dealing with the pass rush. He was picking the linebackers off. And he doesn't turn the ball over. And that's the one thing with Jimmy G. Every NFL team knew Jimmy G was going to have one of those moments where he didn't see the linebacker. And it tended to be against the Seahawks. He tended to just throw the ball to Bobby Wagner all the time. It was like, Jimmy, he doesn't play on our team, son. Don't <laughs> throw him the ball. Um, so I just think if Brock doesn't let the occasion get to him, and if he doesn't try to be the man, we don't need him to be Patrick Mahomes, like I've said. All Kyle Shanahan has needed from his quarterback is to be good with the ball, follow the game plan. And worst case scenario, if Brock does struggle, we just go back to the run game. Because, I mean, CMC, Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, Debo. We've got an embarrassment of riches, and I'm hoping for an easy game on Saturday night, dare I say it. This is why I'm worried. And I, <laughs> I have to agree with this just 100%, because with... With this game in particular, it being this particular game, Brock Purdy just needs to be serviceable. Once he gets past the Seahawks, if, um, and we get to the divisional round, then he'll be have to he'll have to be more than serviceable. He can be good, and then when he gets to the championship game, he needs to be great. I just think for the wild card round, he just needs to be serviceable. And if he's serviceable, I think the 49ers win this game. So yeah, going back, I, I sorry, agree. going back to one of the things you said about the secondary. Um, Lenore's struggling. Mooney Ward played really well against DK Metcalf in the two games that we've come up. I am nervous about Lockett. I do like Lockett. And Geno Smith yeah. has been a better QB than anybody foresaw. But the problem is with the 49ers, Pete Carroll said it better than me, Andy. The 49ers defence, the, the, there's no secret. It's that pass rush, that front seven. You've got to beat that front seven. And unfortunately for Seahawks fans, Nick Bosa tends to come into his own in the playoffs. He's actually better when you look at the stats in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. So when you've got the defensive player of the year getting better in the playoffs, uh, I, I worry for Geno Smith, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's certainly a lock for me. Uh, Nick Bosa being defensive player of the year. I think that there's no one really else. I think it's even come close to Nick Bosa. We look at the stats, but also his impact on the field. Um, also, there's an impact... Christian McCaffrey, is he, first of all, the comeback player of the year? And do you think this was the best trade of the year as well? I'll let the Seahawks fan go first, because I think you know what my answer is. <laughs> of, course, of, course, of course, so much so. Andy made this, predi Andy made this prediction, uh, funny enough, the last time we had this conversation. And looking back at it now, it's aged like fine wine. Um, I think he's been sensational I mean he's always been sensational um whenever I've watched him I just look at him when he first came into the league he just had a major x-factor and now he's in a now he's in a scenario where he's just allowed to thrive and it's like that's the worst that's the worst that's the worst version of CMC you want to see like you don't want to, you don't want to see him in a scenario where He's just able to thrive and express himself. And, be, and I actually think he even, he enjoys being used potentially as that safety valve when the time, when it when it may come to it even in this game. Because I just think, I because I, I just honestly don't think we can stop him. And it's just going to be so hard. It, it, even if we do limit him, will the fatigue will set in? And will look very, very rugged in it in attempting to stop him. Let alone even, let, let alone even avoid getting maybe like a touchdown, a, a 
uh, a touchdown from him or two. And I just think the likelihood of that happening is just very, very high in just the way he's been this year. Yeah, for me, I think he has come almost to the perfect place because, you know, I, I got to say beforehand, um, I can't take full credit for that because I know that my actual preseason prediction was James Winston for comeback player of the year, and that's proved to be completely a bad take. But I remember we did talk about it mid-season, but um, I think he has got the perfect place because you looked at him in Carolina, he was the only, well, DJ Moore was a weapon, but he's the only real weapon that they went to, and they did, I think they overworked him, and his workload was just too much at Carolina, and I think with the injuries he was having, even, even before he got traded, they were still using him again and again and again, and I think now you take him to 49ers, I think, personally, the best scheme team in the whole league. Now you've got a point where it can be George Kittle, it can be Debo Samuel, it can be Elijah Mitchell when he's healthy, it can be Christian McCaffrey. And I think that there was a point in the season where they were, you know, you mentioned they were three and four. And I think him coming in has completely just elevated this team. And I think now, you know, if they'd not bought him, you know, they, they would have had, I don't know who they'd have had a running back at the time. Maybe Davis Price, I don't know. But it's um he's completely elevated that offense. And now it's come to a point where, he is almost back to the guy we saw in the Panthers when he had that great game in London against the Buccaneers. And I think now, and he's doing that really with less of a workload. I think he's really has become, um, for me, I think there's, I think, I will say Pete Cowell's one of my choices for coach of the year. But I think in terms of McCaffrey, I think Barkley's probably the other one that you could probably put in that sort of conversation. Um but I do think that for me, McCaffrey, for the way he's elevated this team, I think that um, I think McCaffrey for me for me is is my pick. I mean, to take off my red and gold rose tinted glasses, you got to remember when we traded for McCaffrey, a lot of people said it was expensive. He was injury prone. The 49ers didn't need him. Kyle Shanahan can plug any running back into that system. And since he's come in, I mean, he he got a few snaps against the Chiefs, and admittedly, the Chiefs showed us they're probably the best team in the AFC. But since that bye week when he's learnt the playbook, you were saying before, buddy, about stopping CMC. But what does that look like? Do you stop him on the ground? So then Kyle shifts him to a slot receiver and he gets used in the passing game. If you shut him down totally, does that mean somebody else? And it's that embarrassment of riches. And it's great to see Kyle Shanahan actually have an elite running back in this system. And it's been quite refreshing as 49ers fans because we've moved away from that run heavy first. If you go look at the stats, Purdy's thrown the ball. We aren't just pounding that rock. Um, that said against the Cardinals, I kind of got a bit frustrated by the end of the game because Josh Johnson was just handing the ball off to TDP and I was like, let him throw the ball. But for me, CMC, he's shown that he's come into a contender and he's turned our season around and it just goes to show you what impact an elite player at this level can have. And I know we had a bit of banter, Andy, because I was in a fantasy league with you. I drafted CMC when he was a Panthers player, so I was over the moon. When the 49ers <laughs> traded for him. Um, he's quickly become one of my favourites. I was watching a game a couple of weeks ago with my good lady. And she was like, that number 23 looks all right. I was like, yeah, it's my next jersey purchase. 1,000% because he's just been amazing. So long may it continue for 49ers fans. I don't know whether you saw on Twitter, uh, Paul, that um, someone bought a McCaffrey jersey from Fanatics. And there was only one F and only one... I think it was only one C and one F or something. It was completely, just completely botched. So, James Evans is a member of our group, 49 oh, for the okay. UK. So, there was a big rush after that Rams game when CMC turned into G.I. Joe and he was throwing touchdowns and he was catching touchdowns. And there was a big rush to get the first CMC jersey. Um, Fanatics, 
get a lot of heat in the UK, and rightly so sometimes, because when that jersey arrived, Andy, and James wanted <laughs> it in the group, it was absolutely horrific. But to be fair, they've, they've, they've sorted him another one out, and it's kind of become a bit of a collector's piece. And he, he shared it on Twitter because he got his jersey, he got the email to say it arrived, and he was like, wear him CMC tonight, baby. And then he put the picture in the group, so we were like, "You can't wear that." <laughs> yeah, that was um, yeah. When I saw that, I just, I just burst, burst out laughing. It was just, um, I couldn't believe such a work recognised company as well and fanatics. I was so shocked that that would, that would happen. But um, yeah, we don't know what's gone on behind the scenes. Um, right. Finally, it's time for the final part of the podcast, which will be our prediction part. So we did this with the Vikings and Giants game with um, Tom Morton and Chris Pajak. We're now going to do it with yourselves. So the score prediction is optional, but as long as you give me the winner, that is absolutely fine. So we're going to head back to Javan first. Who's going to win this game? Uh, this, this is going to be a 49ers win. Um, I'm not really going to give a score because I actually don't know how this game is actually going to go. My heart is, my gut, is telling me that this could be a convincing win for them. My heart is telling me this could be a narrow win for them. Um, but I'm going to go with the 49ers win. And I think Brock Purdy is going to have a touchdown or two. Yeah, that is... Um, I also tend to agree with you there. I'm going to go for 49ers as well. I'm going to go for 35-14 to 14 to the 49ers. I think that um, the, the Seahawks will have their moments. I think they could even be the first team to score a touchdown and maybe go 7-0 early. Uh, but I think the 49ers, you know, I think they're just all around. They're just absolutely elite everywhere. I think, um, you know, there is no real weakness. I think the only thing maybe is Brock Purdy's inexperience. That's the only thing that could come down because we saw Jared Goff have a great season and come to the playoffs for the Rams when they lost to the Patriots and he had a not the best um, postseason. So, yeah, I, I think the 49ers will win this game and I think they're still to win the NFC. And I think the only re- the only thing that will stop them in the Super Bowl would be if the Bills were there and then playing for DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Paul, over to you for your prediction. I mean, I'm, a, I'm on the fence for this one. I'm only joking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. Um, to, 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 to be honest, at this season, for me, it's been the first time I've felt confident against the Seahawks. Like I said, they've always tended to be that team that upsets me on NFL Sunday. We are 10-point favourites at the moment. When I was preparing for today, I mean, we beat them 27-7 to at the first game at Levi's, and then we won 21-13. But that 21-13 game wasn't as close as it seemed. So what I'm smiling at, my score's very similar to yours, Andy, but I'm going for a 31-13 to win for the 49ers. Like you said, I do think the way we play on defence, we have that bend but not break. I can see the Seahawks getting that big chunk play that other teams have done against us, maybe scoring a touchdown, um, keeping it kind of close, but at some point, I think, like you said, CMC and Brock Purdy takes over. So, and you've had an exclusive because we normally record on a Thursday night, and I don't normally give my score predictions before that, but I did get permission <laughs> from my good friend Lee Gowland to give that to you today because he, he likes our relationship. You've been a good friend of mine, good friend of what we're doing. So, yeah, I'm going for a 49ers win. Fantastic. And that is where we'll end the podcast. So, um, thank you, Paul, and thank you, Javan, for coming on. And that is our second. Game prediction of the wildcard week. Stay tuned for our third game, which should be, provided everything goes to plan, our uh, Jaguars against Chargers preview. So this has been the Across the Pod podcast. I'm Andy, this is Paul, this is Joanne, and we will see you guys next time. Here we go. Go on, Adam.